temporary hearing thingies going on again today. They're talking to the former ambassador to Ukraine who got fired by the Trump administration. She's saying it was part to cover up what they were doing. Uh, they're saying, I get to fire whoever I want, so shut up. And uh, if anything exciting comes out of there, we'll we'll let you know. Yeah, it's not a great look, but just it's more of, of the same, honestly. If you can put up with the downside of Trump because you like what he does, you'll vote for him. And if you can't, you won't. And getting to that, How to Beat Trump is a new book by a guy named Mark Halpern. I don't know if you know him, but if you follow politics, you probably do. He and another guy he worked with uh, named uh, Heilman, Halpern Heilman, they were a big political pundit duo for a while, and they wrote probably the most famous political book of the last half century, Game Change, which was made into a movie. Um, but Halpern's really good. He's one of my favorite pundits, and he's this book... He talked to, I think, 50 different top political strategists in the country, Republicans and Democrats, on what it would take to beat Trump, with the vast majority of saying Trump is most likely going to win. That's the most likely outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, And Halperin's thing is to just figure out what's happening. He's not an advocate for either side, and he's super uh, clear-eyed and smart and perceptive, and his contacts are are great. He's also... uh, the only person I was watching on national TV back in 2016 who was saying, I think Trump could win, as he was surrounded by New York Beltway people who thought it was just laughable. Right, and mocked him for R- it remember at the, times. Remember the Huffington Post covered Trump in the entertainment section mm-hmm. because yeah. they didn't think it was worth covering in the political section. That's some powerful stuff. Ooh. Maybe if you covered him in the political section, uh, your voters would have turned out. Anyway, if you're interested in politics at all, it's worth sitting through this segment because by the time we get to the end of this, Halperin says some things that are a different way to look at the whole deal. Keeping in mind that this is a, a couple of small chunks of the Extra Large podcast we just uh, recorded, which you can check out wherever podcasts are given away for free. Here's a little of our conversation. The biggest worry of all that the Democrats have, along with not starting soon enough to think about the general election, which is disqualifying the Democrats. Disqualifying. That's a heck of a term, not just a bump in the road. (laughs) Disqualifying. George Bush disqualified John Kerry for a lot of Americans. They made him a flip-flopper, unacceptable. Barack Obama disqualified uh, uh, Mitt Romney by saying he only cared about the rich people in this country, Bain Capital, etc., Bill Clinton disqualified Bob Dole. You go back and look at those three guys, all reelected the year before the election, and look at what the press said about their chances for re-election. Much grimmer than what people say about Trump, despite Trump's low approval rating. Uh, one, year, uh, one year before the general election, uh, 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 when Obama was running for election, the New York Times Magazine ran a cover story titled, Is Obama Toast? And their scientific formula said that Obama's chances for being reelected were 17%. A year later, he was overwhelmingly reelected because he disqualified Mitt Romney. Not for everybody, but for enough people that he was able to get reelected. And that is the theory of the case of the Trump campaign. And that is why the Democrats I talked to for how to beat Trump say, you can only beat Trump if you are strong enough to survive hundreds of millions of dollars of negative ads, Trump's Twitter feed, Trump's press conferences, in which he will try to do to the Democrat who is nominated what he did to Jeb Bush, what he did to John Kasich, what he did to Chris Christie, what he did to Hillary Clinton, which is destroy them politically. Make make fun of them physically? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it takes, physically, mentally. I mean, Trump is the master. You know, the single greatest skill you can have as a presidential candidate is the ability to define your opponent on your terms. 
And that is Donald Trump's single greatest skill. I want to clarify something. That that was the back half of an absolutely blockbuster statement. He said that there are three issues that Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren have touted, and to some extent Joe Biden, that are utterly disqualifying. The American people will not vote for a person who advocates open borders with absolutely no criminality of crossing the border, health care for illegal aliens. That issue alone is disqualifying. And uh, the third one was uh, removal of all private insurance, just outlawing it and making it all mandatory government insurance. He said any of those three stances are disqualifying. And several of the lead Democrats have embraced them. So they're done. Joe went on to challenge Halpern for his predictions. If you were offered a $1,000 bet on any of the Democratic candidates at this point, would you throw that $1,000 down, or is it just way too unclear at this point? And you don't more, don't name any names if you don't want. Yeah, it, it's, it's more unclear than it's been for either party in my career. Uh, I, think, I think if I had to pick someone today, it'd be Elizabeth Warren, but... I don't think she's been tested yet, and I think over the next couple months she will be tested. And I'm, I'm based on how she's performed when she's been pressured, like with her problems with her talking about her Native American heritage. I'm not sure she'll pass that. God, test, she's got so. no chance of winning in a general election. I just, I can't imagine well, anybody winning who's for health care, free health care for illegals. I just can't imagine that winning. That, that is, that is the view of Donald Trump, and is the view of Nancy Pelosi. And when those two agree, generally, I would think it's probably true. So. You're right, and 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 you've got a, a you know a lot of the leading candidates have that position. So I don't think it's clear who the nominee will be. If I had to pick today, I'd say Elizabeth Warren, but but I I don't feel strongly about it. I think I think uh, I think Sanders and Buttigieg could be the nominee. I've been very down on Biden's candidacy from the beginning, and nothing I've seen has has caused me to alter that. He still does well in the national polls, but. I think I think he's more likely to finish third or fourth or even fifth in Iowa than he is first or second, and wow. I think that'll do a lot of damage to his candidacy. Wow. He thinks Biden will think finish fourth or fifth. Could finish fourth or fifth in Iowa. Oh. Well, then he's done. I mean, that'd just be the end, right? You'd oh, have to pull yeah. the plug. It'd be humiliating. Oh. I mean, he might. Well, no, they'd pour all their resources into South Carolina for a last-ditch effort to, to somehow. A sad know. end to a long political career. Nah, I would call that accurate, yes. Now, what about you-know-who lurking in the darkness, ready to burst back onto the scene? And how does Hillary uh, relate to the field as it stands now? What are the chances she gets in? Uh, More good stuff with uh, Mark Halperin. There are a lot of crap political books that get written when the, the season is hot and they know they can sell them. This isn't one of them. This is really, really a good book, and I've always really liked your punditry, but we can't let you go. Without asking you about Hillary, what's the chance she gets in? Her answer the other day sounded so Clinton-esque to me, where she, had, she oh said, lots of people have been asking me, and I'm not going to rule it out now. Not ruling it out now sounds like a yes to me. She said, and I quote, many, many, many people are pressuring her. Triple many. Yeah. Look, I was struck by that same thing, too. A lot of times people say, oh, a lot of people are asking me to run for, you know, senator or governor or president, and they just, you know, basically their 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 bookkeeper and their daughter is asking them to run. Right. She's being asked, she's being asked by a lot of people. It's the most undercovered story in, in, the, in politics today. The panic that exists in the Democratic Party 
over the concern that Sanders or Warren or Buttigieg will be the nominee, and they'll and it'll happen in the blink of an eye. One of them will win both Iowa and New Hampshire, say, and basically lock things up, and the party will be in a panic because they don't think that those people can win. Schumer doesn't think they can win. Pelosi doesn't think they can win. So many of the other the, the, the donors, so many of the other elected officials. So that's why you see Deval Patrick getting in the race. That's why you see Michael Bloomberg, you know, thinking about getting in the race. And that's why people are saying to Hillary Clinton, look, you can raise the money. You know how to do this. You got more votes than the popular vote last time. You could you could correct the mistakes you made. In Does she believe her own lies? Does she believe any of her own lies about it was stolen by Russia or it's about misogyny? Does she recognize uh, she's a bad candidate and people don't like her? <laughs> She, she, she. I think she believes all those things. She knows she's not a great candidate, but I believe, and I think she has some cause to think so, that she was hurt by by what Putin did, without a doubt. But, but, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think I've said this before. I think that history is going to show that that the, what what helped Donald Trump more than anything else was the decision, the misguided and in some ways selfish decisions that Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden made to decide to run for president. Neither of them should have run. They both they both were were such obviously manifestly bad presidential candidates. Hillary Clinton allowed Trump to win, and Biden, even if he's not the Democratic nominee, he kept other establishment candidates from getting in the race, allowing Warren and Sanders and Buttigieg to to, to rise up. And now it may be too late for any other establishment candidate to to get into the game, and the party may be left because because of Joe Biden's decision with somebody who can't win a general election because of the, those positions we talked about. Joe, you don't have to do this. Barack Obama. Do right. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do this. And, and and he was talked out of it before. And just look at his record. I mean, he ran in in, in, in 2008 and he got 1% in Iowa. And he, he can't. 1%? He was well, he <laughs> now was that's well a stat. Known, you know, and, and so, yeah, you know, I don't, I think, I think Barack Obama and Bill Clinton agree with what I said Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer think. These guys can't win. So the three that are nominatable are unelectable. According to Democrats, according to Barack Obama, according to Bill Clinton, according to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Right. That's incredible. And the one who is electable is not nominatable. Joe Biden. And he's barely a electable man. I've been saying this from the beginning. He's a terrible candidate. So, that, so that's what the donors and the power brokers are trying to figure out. What do we do with that riddle? Right. Deval Patrick. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. Deval and Amy. That is something, though. Wow, no wonder there's, uh, there's, there's panic behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I, it's, it's not shocking. I just... I guess I just thought maybe the country's moved so far I didn't recognize it. When they all stood up on the debate stage and raised their hand and said, oh, yeah, free health care for illegals, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama were as shocked as me, mm-hmm. apparently. Right. They had the same reaction I had. What? Oh, no. You can't win with that. Right. Right. That's interesting. We, hey. ta- we talked to Mark Halpern for about an hour, and the podcast is pretty good if you like that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Smart guy. Calls it like he sees it. Uh, really enjoyed the chat, and we're going to be uh, talking to him on a semi-regular basis, particularly after the holidays as the uh, election thing ramps up. Cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. On the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Netflix and Nickelodeon are teaming up to make movies and TV shows for kids. Yeah, right now Netflix is competing with Disney to make sure your kids never go outside again. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If Netflix has been competing for kids' eyeballs uh, recently, they're doing a terrible job. Man, they got a lot of crap for kids on there. Just, I mean, just awful stuff. Maybe they should make a movie about the bravest cows in the world, Jack. Stay tuned. Story that has captured America's imagination. Well, yeah, that's clearly why they're teaming up with Nickelodeon. They recognize that we're we we are falling behind. In yeah, this they, category. well, they should ask me two years ago when they did, when they lost all their programming, dude. This stuff you're offering, my kids hate it. It's awful. Um, there's a lot of money in that um, for a variety of reasons. Okay, so Joe gets to do cows. Uh, coming up, Marshall will have the... <laughs> I'm working the cow desk. Marshall will have any highlights from the impeachment hearing thingies that are going on right now with the ambassador talking. So that's on the way. Uh, I've got another medical condition for you to be worried about, so stay tuned. Oh, boy. Another one you can worry about. Jack, who could forget Hurricane Dorian slamming into North Carolina as a Category 1 storm on September 6th? Rain, wind, flooding, etc.? Made landfall on the Outer Banks, the chain of good narrow... Dis- good description of a hurricane there. Thank you. Barrier Islands off the main coast of North Carolina. It's actually beautiful. It's where the Wright brothers uh, first flew. Mm. So a great deal of history there in that part of the world. Uh, as rising floodwaters swept over the land, a storm surge carried a group of horses and cows out to sea. <laughs> Jack, the vast majority of those animals drowned. Oh, jeez. But, but... Thanks for that. But! Wait for the but, Jack. But, I know, it's funny, this story's been presented in such a dumb way, <laughs> but, and so I'm having, having fun making fun of it. Anyway, uh, several cows somehow swam at least two miles across the core sound from Cedar Island to the uh, to the mainland or to the Outer Banks? I can't remember which one. Uh, <laughs> that's right. They turned up on the coast of Dover. Um... And and they they swam to safety. <laughs> These bovine belly floppers weren't giving up easily, Joe. Tape of the incident. These brave, brave beef made it across the water and to safety. And they turned up and people were like, where the hell did these cows come from? Turns out they swam to safety. And I like this quote um, from the uh, Cedar Island Park spokesman. He said that the cow's caretaker has identified them as being from Cedar Island. He said, it's a tremendous story of how they made it. If the cows could talk, imagine the story they can tell you of enduring that rush of water. That must be incredible. If cows could talk, you'd ask them, what was it like when the hurricane hit? They'd say, what? (laughs) Well, the rush of water, it must have been terrifying. What? (laughs) The swim across the water, how long did it take? Water? Time. Cows are stupid. (laughs) Cows are unbelievably stupid. Would you prefer I eat you medium rare or medium? (laughs) What? (laughs) If cows could talk, they wouldn't say anything worth hearing, because they're so stupid. And now, another medical condition for you to be afraid of (laughs) that I just came across. Um, you've heard of tinnitus? That's got to be terrible, particularly for people who've listened to a, too much loud music throughout their lives or whatever. You have a constant ringing in your ears. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's uh, it's terrible. My brother's got that for lifelong military gunfire stuff. Oh, but oh um, boy. Uh, there's I blew something... my nose real hard the other day, and now my right ear hurts. What's uh, that? I don't know. 
Take a look at it for me, would you? Let me Google it. But there's something called musical tinnitus that you can get, which is basically a song getting stuck in your head. They got this woman here <laughs> who heard the song, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window, five <laughs> years ago. No, I'm sorry, ten years ago. And that song has been playing in her head nonstop for the last ten years. It drives her crazy. That scientists can't figure out how to get rid of it. It's like tinnitus, only it's a song. She hears, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window, all the time, sleeping awake all the time. <sighs> Wouldn't that drive you nuts? Yes. Well, she kind of gets her, her some EMDR yeah, or can something. Can I at least choose a different song? Can they give her some mushrooms? Yeah, no kidding. Wait a minute. I mean, one song, that's torturous no matter what song it is, but that one? Yeah. Uh, what's coming but up here? Seriously, can't, they got to give her some mushrooms or some experimental treatment or something. That's got to stop. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we're going to dig into round two of the impeachment inquiry. It turns out one of the Dems' rising stars is now facing ethical questions involving campaign donations. Oh, no. And ta- Taylor Swift, her heartache continues. The battle over who owns her songs heats mm. up. Mm. That's kind of an interesting question. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, creative artists getting screwed is kind of a constant in the entertainment business. Republicans need to hire a better lawyer. Their lawyer is not as good as the Democrats' lawyer. I, I, are they going to stick with this guy clear through the whole thing? Let's dip in and see how it's going next. Okay. Telling you, I'm going to write the script for that cow movie. <laughs> Disney's going to put that out. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be the Benji of the 21st century. It's just cows. The cows that did not drown to death. Working <laughs> title. I know drown means to death, but I don't want people to, to miss that. I don't know if that's a good title. Um, so, uh, impeachment. Pat cow swim. Bo- bo- bovine water. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Mm. Bovine boat. No. Mm. Keeping your enormous head above what now? <laughs> um, so they got the impeachment hearing thingies going on right now, and they're talking to the former ambassador to Ukraine right. who got fired, and uh, she's not very happy that she got fired. And um, once again, we would like to make it clear for anybody who's listening who has any power whatsoever, um, the Democrats have a better hired lawyer than the Republicans by far. You got all weekend to find a new guy. Get a new guy. Like Joe said... D.C. is full of hotshot young lawyers. Right. Get one of the good ones. The Democrats have a good one. Their guy is good. It's like you go to the Dominican Republic looking for a second baseman. If you can't find one, you're bad at it. Come on. (laughs) Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. As you were saying, ousted U.S.-Ukraine Ambassador uh, Marie Yovanovitch is testifying publicly today in the House impeachment inquiry. She was recalled after running afoul of Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who was carrying out unofficial diplomacy in Ukraine. The attorney for the Democrats on the committee asking Ivanovich if, during that period of time, she felt threatened. What did you think when President Trump told President Zelensky, and you read, that you were going to go through some things? I didn't know what to think, um, but I was very concerned. What were you concerned about? I really don't know how, how to answer the question any further except to say that uh, it kind of felt like a vague threat. And so I wondered what that meant. It concerned me. So long and short of this gal, a fine woman, fine ambassador. Um, she, by all accounts, she's done an okay job. Um, but Rudy didn't like some of the guys that she was bad-mouthing in Ukraine because they're buddies of his, apparently. Yeah. 
And so, Rudy, and this is, uh, I don't have this on great authority, but it seems pretty clear to me. Rudy said, yeah, yeah, we can get rid of her. And started telling Trump that, oh, yeah, she's going around Ukraine bad-mouthing you. And you know Trump, and his he's not going to put up with that. Neither would any president, really. And so uh, Trump believed it and got rid of the gal, which he absolutely can do. Um, you know, is he guilty of trusting Rudy too much or, or what have you? I, I think so, yeah. I think Rudy's a loose cannon, but... You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. The idea that, you know, there were there were people trying to undermine other people within an organization by saying nasty things about them right. behind their back um, to the president. Um, that's, uh, please, that's happened to us. I mean, people don't like us. They try to undermine us. It's just part of business. So... You know, it's not a great look for, for Trump, but this will not move the, the football one inch toward impeachment removal. Not an inch. Meanwhile, On the other hand, I haven't heard from Rudy much, and I don't expect to. I think even as Trump is is, is defending himself today and tweeting about this woman, I'm thinking Rudy's going to get a big old stiff arm if he tries to get near the Oval Office again. That's hmm. my guess. Meanwhile, as the hearings have been unfolding, President Trump was at a rally last night in Louisiana blasting the Democrats' impeachment moves. I have one problem, and it has been. It's been very hard on my family. Whoever heard impeachment to me is a dirty word. It's been very unfair, very hard on my family. Me? My whole life is crazy. What a life I lead. You think this is fun, don't you? But it's been very hard on my family. Very, very hard. First time that Trump has come out to say this is really having a bad effect on my family. And then he, he went on to estimate the size of Adam Schiff's neck for some time. Do we have we some of that? Do still have that, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's worth hearing. Yeah. He's got the little, little 10-inch neck. What size shirts do you need, Adam? I wear a size 9. 9. He will not make the LSU football team, that I can tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, that I can tell you. An ethics, <laughs> an ethics investigation of Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib is revealing a number of requests for money from her campaign last year. The first-term Democrat made a number of urgent requests for money from the campaign fund to pay her living expenses. A referral from the Office of Congressional Ethics includes scans of checks totaling thousands of dollars to Tlaib from her campaign. Yeah, I'm all for digging the rootness out whenever you can and punishing people when you can. I assume all these people do this all the time. I'm so cynical about it. So. It's an intelligence test. If you can't get away with it, you're not good at it. Amazon's challenging the Pentagon's award of a cloud computing contract to Microsoft, the Jedi contract, which could be worth up to $10 billion <laughs> over... Over, Zoom. over. <laughs> what? What is that sound? That's a lightsaber. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the contract worth up to ten, ten billion dollars over ten years. Amazon's saying it would be difficult for a federal agency to award the deal objectively when President Trump is belittling, belittling one of the contenders. Adventure, excitement. A Jedi craves not these things. So uh, evidently, Trump hates the Wapo so much, and Jeff Bezos yes. owns the Wapo. Yes. Uh, that he denied the contract to Amazon oh. yeah, and gave it to Microsoft. Right. right. Little does Jeff Bezos know that if he were to surrender and allow Darth Trump to kill him, he would become more powerful than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely summed up.
Taylor Swift says she may not be performing at the American Music Awards oh, because no. the man who, or the men rather, who own her old recordings won't allow her to play her songs. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, you know what? Uh, T-Swizzle, uh, I'm tired of her in 11 different ways, but she, like so many creative artists before, just has gotten so screwed by bad management, bad contracts, sign when, sign when you're young and desperate, and it's just it's so ugly. Yeah, Swift on Instagram said she had planned to play a medley of her hits when she's named Artist of the Decade at that award show. Wow, she's going to be named Artist of the Decade, which yeah. she probably is. Yeah. And she can't play her own songs. Right. That can't be right. Right. The right. guys who own the music, uh, Scooter Braun and uh, Scott Borchetta, are calling the performance an illegal re-recording. Yeah, beautiful. It's, it, it harkens back to the days when one of the greatest American songwriters since Lexington and Concord, um, uh, John Fogarty, was sued by one of the scum who owned the rights to his music for plagiarizing his own songs because yeah. his new song sounded a little like his old song and just sued him and tried to take all his money for that. It's just disgusting. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> And listen, I want to point this out because it's long been accepted a truth of the music business that white record company executives ripped off black singers and musicians and all for the better part of the 20th century. And that is absolutely true. It is a it's 100 percent true. On the other hand, plenty of nice white people get ripped off in exactly the same way. It's just the nature of the business. I think ACDC summed it up best when they said, No! Right. No, I can't remember exactly the lyrics. So it's a long way to the top. You want to rock and roll. Essentially, you're going to get screwed a lot and ripped off. So how about some news that actually matters to you? Actually affects your life. The Fed chair out yesterday with the, some dire warnings about our debt. Maybe we'll spend a little time on that. Based on polls, nobody cares. Listen to Debt Boy singing his same sad song. You and Boring! Your, you and your soon will be broken, taxes will be sky high crap. Nobody wants to hear that. Just open another credit card. We'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah, whatever. just print more money, dummy. Sure. You can do it forever. <laughs> Except that you can't. Walmart's already started their Black Friday uh, sales. Whatever that means. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. in the impeachment hearing so far today, and they're on a 90-minute break. So uh, if things get uh, exciting later, we'll let you know about that. But they're on a 90-minute break right now. The president is tweeting some stuff that's just Looney Tunes. But, you know, <laughs> welcome to the modern world. On stories that do matter but get no attention, the federal deficit, so the Fed chairman yesterday, Powell, uh, he said the federal budget is on an unsustainable path. High and rising debt. Yes, that is true. Unsustainable means you can't keep doing this. At some point, you have to stop. Yes. And the earlier you stop, the better. Now, whether that's your eating and drinking or or whatever whatever bad habit you're all spending in this and case. And fornicating. Um, you know, it always seems like a... How about if I stop? First of the year, I'll stop. 
Exactly. And just keep this through the holiday season, first of the year, or whatever it is. But uh, the main thing he pointed out, uh, Fed Chairman Powell, was that policymakers' ability to deal with an economic downturn is seriously affected by our unsustainable path. Mm-hmm. And and because we currently have really low interest rates, not a lot of wiggle room, and if we had a big hit like a 2008, there's nothing they can do. There's nowhere to go. Nope. And All uh, the valves are open. But he does say there's no reason to think that our economic expansion can't continue. There are no signs that it's not going to continue. So there you go. That's you exciting go. news. Well, never mind then. Yeah, never uh-huh. mind then. Yeah, please. With your so that's blah, sort of blah, like blah. the doctor saying you can't keep eating the way you're eating, but there's no reason to think you're going to gain weight. Okay. Or it won't. You're not going to get diabetes by the end of this year. Fine. Bring me the pie. Right. Let there be pie. Uh, a quick note from the West Coast bomb explosion. Oh man! Uh, in a few minutes, n- new information. Oh boy. What? Rudy Giuliani is reacting to the public hearing testimony from the ambassador. Oh, he said Rudy Giuliani okay. was going to be laying low. Well, He's not least, laying real low. He's on Fox. No, I, I said he was not going to be anywhere <laughs> near the Oval Office, but I, I thought he would lay low, though. You so, would've, I would have thought somebody would have gotten in his ear and <clears> say, hey, I don't want to hear about word out of you anywhere. He was on a podcast the other day. Don't want to hear about you being on a podcast. Don't want to hear you. I don't want to see a tweet. Sure as heck don't want to turn on cable news and see you on there. Right. But he's right. he's reacting. So more on that later. So, uh, West Coast bum explosion. Well, it's news uh, coming up, including uh, the the Che Guevara like character who San Francisco kind of accidentally just elected the district attorney, and he has declared that he's pro bum. He's pro-pooping in the streets and urinating and robbing and smashing and grabbing and begging and the rest of it. Um, there, there are insane times. It's, it's, it's about to get way crazier uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. On a related note, I thought this was really interesting. One of our alert listeners sent this along. I thought I had the name here. I like to give credit where it's due. Um, it's the sort of news nobody ever hears about. Um, but it's a report and an audit that shows that perhaps a billion dollars um, a year for 10 years that was supposed to be for mental illness policy and treatment and the rest of it was just kind of siphoned off into other community programs that said, yeah, yeah, and the new uh, softball field will uh, help people with their mental health and that sort of thing. It just became a pool of money. As happens. Yeah, and this is, by the way, this study was done by people, this audit, who really want to help mentally ill people, okay? But the 1% tax on millionaires that was passed in Cali Unicornia, that was supposed to go to serious mental illnesses, $1 to $2 billion of prevention and early intervention funds was intentionally diverted to social service programs masquerading as mental illness programs or falsely claimed they prevent serious mental illness. That's $1 to $2 billion. $2.5 billion of the full service partnership funds were spent without oversight of whether the recipients had schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or the other serious mental illnesses that made them eligible for funds. There's nope. just no accountability. There is a do-gooder right now somewhere yelling about, but we don't help the mentally ill. Right. Right, right. now, not knowing this story. $11 million is going to PR firms that make the oversight commissioners look good and hide the failure of them accomplishing their mission. 
$11 million worth of PR so that the people who are not properly overseeing it aren't, aren't hurt. You know, so they look good in the public eye. That is beyond outrageous. $9 million is going to organizations working to prevent the seriously ill from receiving treatment until after they become violent. I'll have to look into that. That one I don't really understand. But um, And up to $32 million was diverted to TV shows, radio shows. How about ours? We haven't gotten any of this. PSAs and other, that's a public service announcement, and other initiatives designed to reach the public without mental illness. Some feature the state senator uh, pro tem. Um, you know, some of that might be legitimate if it's raising awareness and support and that sort of thing. But the law said it was supposed to go directly to helping people with serious mental illness. And as always, 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 always happens, these glorious sounding things that y'all vote for that sound high minded and great, they become an enormous pool of money for everybody to dip their beak in. I've been, Big dippers. I've been I've been watching this since I was a little kid. Some of you voters are so naive. This money gets spread around to cronies. It's wasted. It's it's usually other people's tax money um, that gets taken from them by force and then just spread around to political cronies. These people are good at their jobs. They make it sound like they're doing something wonderful, but then they just steal the tax money and hand it out to each other. And we fall for it over and over again. $10 billion bait and switch. Ho-hum. That's troubling. The homeless industrial complex, my friends. They're, every dollar you hear about being spent to help the bums and junkies and the, the, the honest, good people down on their luck, remember, somebody's getting that money. What are they doing for it? How hard would you work to get a $50 million contract with L.A. County, for instance? What sort of horses would you claim? You'd claim virtually anything, and that's what happens all the time. Just, God, know what you're dealing with with government. Quit being so damn naive and trusting. with These these people are professional con men. The text line is extra hateful today. Is it because of the full beaver moon or anything like that that's causing people to act the way they're acting? The tides or uh, something? I don't know. I don't know. I loved your example of a Positive Sean with a 20-second, hey, this uh, Ford versus Ferrari movie looks pretty good. People just texting angrily. Don't you know that Matt Damon sucks? Right, that sort of thing. Or <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a Mustang at that time, you idiot. It's just... <laughs> Hey, seriously, everybody, everybody, is it social media? Is it too much caffeine? I know I've said this a hundred times, but I really think that needs to be studied better. Just, it's just, I, I don't get it about humanity. I get it. You do. I'd be happy to explain it to and you. And it's always existed. We just didn't know it until social media came along. The, yeah, the, the, so hate, the hatefulness that so many people have. I'm going to tell everyone were they all, how shitty you are. Were all these people keeping in the, in, inside them their entire lives, and now that they can anonymously comment on things? Yes and no. It's a perpetual, it's a perpetual motion machine, or a vicious cycle, if you prefer, because social media makes people crazy and angry and unhappy. And But, you know, I first noticed it in myself. There were times in, in my life that, um, you know, there's a fair amount of stress, financial pressure, um, challenges with, with kids, with challenges, and, and all sorts of stuff. And, um, and I would get angry behind the wheel. 
And my the rational part of my brain would say, all right, this is of no great significance. This person will be gone from your life. Um, yeah, they're violating the social compact, but people do all that all the time. If you let it make you crazy, you will die a premature death of a violent heart attack because you're angry at some idiot who, whatever, won't let somebody merge. Um, and, you know, I, I realized, no, your problem is you're stressed out and you're angry about various stuff. This is a target. This is a convenient target. Um, and that's that's what it is. People are just angry. The idea that you would be angry yeah, but at somebody, Positive Sean, it's just, it's insane. But, you, okay, I think it's, uh, getting angry at other drivers is not a smart use of your emotion. But at least they did something. There's actual harm there. Yeah. It could have been a wreck. You're slowing down traffic. At least there's that's a, somebody on the radio talking about a movie. Right. It's yeah, I would say that's an extra uh, pathological example. Yes, it's a little Looney Tunes, folks. Man. You should see our hate mail, man. Oh, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's just mostly interesting. You you don't realize how many angry. Well, maybe you do. You follow Twitter threads. How many people are angry about everything? Oh yeah, it, it, and and there's a belief that that's the only way to be heard. If you're super adamant about something, I should point out we also have plenty of people who are kind, oh, yeah. Oh, decent, yeah. No doubt. smart, yeah. intriguing, the rest of it, and sure. we appreciate hearing from you. Four one five two nine five KFTC.